What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie, and we are here on this fabulous Tuesday. What a lovely Tuesday it is, Stevie. What a lovely Tuesday. I actually look alive. here. Huh? It's snowing here. Oh, I wish it was snowing here. I'm back in North Carolina in the, in the house. I actually look alive today. I feel good today. I've had coffee. She's actually on video this time. I know. Last night, I had like a big cry session while I was writing because... Y'all just need to prepare yourselves, okay? I cried like a baby back bitch. Take stock in your in Kleenexes. Oh, for real. Like, t- okay, so not even joking you, not even Stevie knows this. You're going to need the, you're going to need tissues in this book more than you're going to need tissues in like any of them. Like, you're not going to cry like you did cry in Love and Hockey or in Ice Hearts or in Shattered Ice. You're going to like literally ball your eyes out for Emerson. My favorite kind of book. Oh, yeah. It's going to make you emotional. But, Stevie, book world stuff. What's going on over there in the world of the blogger? Well, this week, Alex Grayson's releasing her prequel to what is called Forevermore to her book called Everlast. Um, Carly Phillips is releasing book four in her Dare Nation series, which is Dare to Stay. Mm-hmm. Um. Gina Aziz releases a sweet talker tomorrow. And Alexa Chase is releasing Unraveled, which is such a good book. It's part of the Everyday's Heroes collection. Mm-hmm. And this book is about a hot fireman with tattoos. Oh shit, yeah. I love me a tattooed fireman. Right? Um I literally messaged her and said, where can I find one of him? I am actually so. I have been seeing that I saw, and I'm really excited to read. AM Koozie is they're releasing an anthology February 2nd called Color Theory. So I'm super excited to read those. Those are, I'm, um, I think it's like interracial couples, if I'm not mistaken, uh, couples of color and that kind of thing. So I'm super stoked to read that. I like anything by AM Koozie. I don't know if you guys have read their more recent public like book in there. Um, is it? Shattered Cove series, uh, The Lighthouse Inn. Good. It made me cry. It was good. I cannot recommend it enough. It was super good. Um, Smoke and Mirrors by Michelle V comes out February 16th. Both me and Stevie have been blessed. I read, read it early. Anthony's Anthony story. And let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. This man is hot with a capital H. You better be prepared. Lila, man, she is a little feisty little girl. Oh, yes, she is. And I love it. I love that she just dishes it back to him. And they're a great couple. And, like, no joke. Cannot recommend. Go pre-order. It's available for pre-order. So make sure you do that. And then I, my first book up after my, after I finish Blind Pass, I will be finished with Blind Pass on Thursday. So can we just do a little party for me? on that we're gonna have a little party for myself we're gonna Uh, have a party on our next recorded episode which is next week yeah and so i am done with it on friday and then i mean i'm done with it on thursday and then my first book up on my tbr which i've been dying to read is fables and other lies it's a gothic romance oh shout out to piper rain they're releasing their cover um of my almost x next week Okay, not next week's Friday. This Friday, when you're hearing this, it will be out. Um, this is book two in their um 
Sunset Bay series. Uh, it's a spinoff of the Baileys, which if you listen to the podcast when they were on, they talked a little bit about it. Oops. God, it's always me. <laughs> Guys, we do not film this live. If you're hearing it, it's pretty funny that when it goes off. <laughs> it's happened to me. It's happened to her. But, um, what else is coming out? But yeah, so I think for me, that's about all the book stuff I got. Um, I am reading Straight Up by Charity Farrell. Are you reading, Stevie? Give us the dates. I'm reading Straight Up by Charity Farrell, which is, if you're familiar with her Twisted Fox series, it is book four. Mm -hmm. And it or no, book three, I'm sorry, book three. And it is Lincoln and Cassidy's story. Okay. And Lincoln is Archer's brother from mm -hmm. book two. And if you don't know who Archer is, Archer is Kelvin's best friend from book one. So he is, he's my smooth talking criminal. Oh yeah. Mama, I'm in love with a criminal. Every single time. He literally time. went to jail for, for shady shit his dad did in their business like oh, yeah. what's like a cushy like mm -hmm. country club prison every single time that about a criminal britney spears's criminal comes in my mind every time i think but, it's Ruth criminal by michael jackson i'm super excited to talk to today's guest oh me yeah. too me too because the first book i ever read by her was wanted yeah i'm excited She's and that was 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't say how old I am. She's a New York Times and a USA Today bestselling author, so I'm super stoked to talk to her, figure out all of her writing tendencies, pick her brain kind of thing. But um, yeah, so you want to go ahead and hop over there and talk to her, Stevie? Yeah, I'm excited. Kelly Elliott is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling contemporary romance author. Since finishing her bestselling Wanted series, Kelly continues to spread her wings while remaining true to her roots and giving readers stories rich with hot, protective men, strong women, and beautiful surroundings. Her bestselling works include Wanted, Broken, Without You, and Unconditional Love, to just name a few. Kelly has been passionate about writing since she was 15. After years of filling journals with stories, she finally followed her dream and published her first novel, Wanted, in, the, in November of 2012. Kelly lives in Central Texas with her husband, daughter, and two pups. When she's not writing, Kelly enjoys reading and spending time with her family. She is down to earth and very in touch with her readers, both on social media and at sightings. Thank you so much for joining us, Kelly Elliott. Thank you so much for having me. We are super excited to chat with you today. Stevie's like over the moon, like we were talking earlier and she's like, I can remember the first book I ever read by her, ever. And I was like, awesome. Which is wanted, by the way, which is wanted. wanted. Yeah, I read that entire series. <laughs> so we are very excited to have you. Um, well, so we're gonna you. go ahead and uh, hop right into reading questions about your book specifically. Um, so in Never Enough, which is book one in your Meet Me in Montana series, this book follows Brock, a single dad slash widow, and Lincoln, who needed a fresh start. Was your plan to write a single dad romance where he was also a widow grieving his wife, or what was the, the thought process there? Yes, it was. So that book, I knew he was going to be um, a single dad. The widow part kind of came as I started to write it, at first I was just going to kind of have them 
separated and mom just not in the picture, but that's not the way my fingers took me. So <laughs> in a widower. It's like, yep, sorry, you're gonna be a single dad and a widow. Sorry about your look. Feel <laughs> the sadness. It's okay. It's all right. The angst is what made it good. So, and I think that, you know, adding to his character and like who he is as a person and like also like more like kind of like mourning the loss of that is also what, and like Lincoln, who's like needing a fresh start. I feel like they both needed that, like in right. that place. So it was like a way yeah. for them to come together as a unit. Totally. Yeah. So Stevie's going to take the next question. We're just going to teeter totter back and forth because I talk too much sometimes. So <laughs> we have to break it up. <laughs> Now, you have amazing secondary characters and meet me on meet, and meet me in Montana with the family Thanks. structure with the brothers. Um, did you always plan for them to be to have a big part? No, it, it actually it, I kind of tossed back and forth if it was going to be just one book, if it was going to be a series. Um, the first idea of it, I was just going to write a standalone book because we were pitching it to uh to uh traditional publishers but the more I kind of started getting into it and plotting it I knew it it had to be it had to be a series I wanted it to be about brothers um and it just kind of didn't take long to realize it was going to be going to be a series once I kind of started writing those first couple of chapters Mm -hmm. I absolutely fell in love with Dirk Ah. everybody hated him hated him um and I was like what what are you talking about so it ended up one publishing house declined it and so I thought they were like the sex is too much sex is too much so you gotta you gotta bring it down yeah so we kind of went back and forth about three months with this one publishing house and then they were like no we don't want it I'm like oh gosh so I was just fixing to self-publish it um and then someone over at Mount Lake um read it they liked it but they told me to make the sex scene spicier I'm like oh my gosh either <laughs> not enough or too little or not enough yeah. Or too. <laughs> or, or, yeah so um and they they didn't like Dirk either and actually they wanted me to take him out and I was like nope 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 um Damn. I I'll love him. him. I know he's my favorite, like strong enough is my favorite book of the series. So, mm-hmm. um, he, I will admit he's a little bit of a douche in the beginning. Uh, so I kind of, Those I are the kind of mellowed him out a little bit, uh, just so that they would, they would like, him. um, and then we just went from there, but I, this series really kind of reminded me a lot of the wanted series, just with those secondary characters. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like in the wanted series, they were so, prevalent in that series and they are in this one too and I just fell in love with this family don't you just love when secondary characters like nope sorry my show yep I know that. <laughs> hate that for you um, and you try not to make them like mm-hmm. like and I had a, a one of my really best friends read never enough and she was like if you don't want their stories, you better tame these secondary characters down. And I was like, no, no, we're going to do them. She's like, I'm telling you, they're going to want Dirk's story. So there we go. He got here one. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so in book two, which is always enough, Kaylee was grieving her fiance and followed her best friend to Hamilton for in Hamilton, Montana for like a fresh start. And so Ty suffered an accident where he wasn't sure if he would ever walk again. So who inspired this couple and like their dynamic? 
nobody really, they just kind of popped into my head when I was writing never enough. Um, I just knew his older brother, he had to have a good reason to have left the PBR Mm -hmm. and it was the only way one of those guys is going to leave is if they're forced to leave. Yeah. And, and so I knew that going in when I was writing the first book, that that's kind of how his story was going to go. And I just kind of had it in my head. It was going to be a really rough time for a guy who had done it since he was like 14, 14 years old. And that was like his life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just kind of made it all up in my head as I went along and, and I knew she had to have some kind of a, some kind of uh, an issue as well. And I couldn't have picked two heavier issues. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just like, right, like, uh, well, let me just, uh, it's fine. We'll take this heavy issue and this heavy issue and maybe they'll even each other out. I mean, maybe, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, no, but I like the fact that you said like the lifestyle that, you know, Ty lived like with the PBR and like that kind of thing. It is very like, you either are forced to leave it or you stay in it your whole life. Like that's just how it is. And somebody that comes from like a small town in the South, like that's, that's literally dead on how it is. Yeah. So I loved that aspect of it. And I, I love these two characters. And even though they had, they did deal, I don't want to be spoilering. So I I know even though they did deal with like heavier issues, I think that they kind of like made each other lighter in a way like with their love and like how they cared for one another. I, I don't know. I liked yeah. them. I, I loved their book. banter. I just loved, I loved their banter back and forth. They were probably one of my favorite couples. I love them. I literally love them. So it's fine. It's fine. I like, <laughs> I like books that made me cry anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> um, now some, some, there were some sensitive topics in always enough. What made you want to talk about the harder topics? You know, I don't, I kind of feel like in every book, or at least I try to, I try to make it somewhat relatable. I know we all read to get away from life, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I try to bring a little bit of real life into the books. Um, I, when I first wrote Broken, and it was about um, abuse, I actually had a mom email me and tell me that she read the book and her and her husband had this kind of feeling that their daughter was in an abusive relationship Mm. so she mailed her the book and she said two weeks later she opened up her door and her daughter was standing on her doorstep she had a black eye and oh my god and she read that book and she decided she was going to get out so I think ever since then I've been kind of like I love to give the entertainment side of it Mm-hmm. But if there's somebody who's reading it, that whatever topic I choose for that book, if it could reach out and touch them in some way, then um, I kind of feel like that's just a, that's a, I don't want to say a bonus, but just, a, just something that I'm kind of passionate about. And, and doing, talking about suicide, it's not the first book I've ever talked about it in. And um, it's just, it's just kind of something that I've had people that I know who've um, nobody really close to me who's ever committed suicide, but friends and stuff. And I just feel like it's a topic people are afraid to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's an important one. So if I can, if I can get it in there somehow and do it in the right way, in a way that could possibly help somebody, then, then that's, that's really the main reason why I decided to put that in there. 
I literally am like emotional. That is most. <laughs> um, I think that for me personally as a writer, that's like my goal. Like, like I, I also discuss like really heavy topics. And in my first book I ever wrote, I dealt with like drug, it dealt with like drug abuse and like suicide and stuff like that. And mostly just because when I, cause I've always been a reader and I've always enjoyed reading and stuff like that. And so when I was growing up and going through high school, I had all of these friends that were going through such like heavy things. Right. So like I had a friend attempt suicide and it literally like messed me up for the rest of my life and so and she's completely fine now (laughs) bless and so she's fine now but when I was reading books I was like how are these high school characters so like everything is good my life is great (laughs) I'm like oh my god and like even in like college and like older characters I'm like I'm I don't I don't I'm not like this my life is shit right now like somebody help me and so and I, it almost made us feel like, because we had a book club, right? So we read these books all the time and it made us feel like, like, oh my God, like something is wrong with us for being in this kind of mindset. And so I wanted to, I wanted to write books that not only like let you escape into a love story, but also showed that like love stories are for all people, not just people who have right. like, all their shit together. Yep, okay? exactly. So I love when books is sometimes like segue this in like heavy topics into it so I enjoyed that and yeah and like that story about that girl showing up at her mom's house like that is gonna make me cry I know it I I mean that I I printed that email out and I have it tucked away somewhere I mean I think that was the moment I realized how powerful the written word is to people Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always been passionate about writing, but it was in that moment that I was like, okay, I can't, I can't F this up. (laughs) Like I, it, you know, it just, it was, it was definitely a turning point in, in my writing career that I was, it, it dawned on me that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And Stevie, take the next question before I get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Timberland and Tanner's story, um, they were probably my favorite couple since Elliot and Gunner in the first book. Wanted. Um, who inspired that couple? Nobody. Uh, they, uh, this series, everybody always asks me, usually I, in some form or fashion, the, the books are, are kind of loosely based off of somebody that meet me in Montana series. These are all couples that just popped up into my head. Um, That's so shocking to me, considering the fact that I feel like they're so real. Like they're Good. so like they walk up in a bar and I'm like hello I know all of you, like so it's like uh, that's crazy to me that's insane. Yeah, they just um I when I started to write this book um I actually flew up to Tacoma Washington and went to um an event and got to go behind the scenes and that was pretty cool and I never enough I wrote that book in two and a half weeks. And most of it was written in that hotel room that weekend I was there because I was just so, I think, engulfed in all of it. Um, And so as I was writing that book on the the way home, I actually fell asleep on the plane and dreamed about um, Ty and Tanner and was like, okay. And in that dream, they kind of came to life even more. So I just kind of went back on that. But they're just 
totally, totally fictional, made up from, made up from my little noggin. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's literally nuts because they're, I feel like they're so real. Oh, so I'm like, can I go to Hamilton? Right. For now, right. I literally tell all of my, I, when we have small town romance authors, like on like people who build like these worlds and like these families, you know, like in kind of like southernness, you know, like small town, you know, whatever. When I have people on here, I'm like, listen, I grew up in a small town in the South my whole life. And like, where are these guys? Okay. <laughs> where are they? That I was the Tasha Madison. When we talked to her, that's what we kept telling her. Where's the town at? Can we go I there? I don't have these guys. Okay. I know. None. None I, I had somebody one time message me and asked me, um, she said, my husband's been trying to look for jobs in Mason, Texas, because we want to move there after I read the Wanted series and he can't find any. And I was like, girl, there ain't shit in Mason. Like he's yeah. not going to find anything. It is the epitome of small town, Texas. I mean, it's growing now, but it's, it's funny because I think, especially people who aren't from small towns, yeah, and um, we romanticize them so much. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, I don't live in a old. small town. There's I like love living lady. in a small town. It's it's good, but we definitely romanticize. You know that there's. I could go down downtown Wimberley right now, and I promise you, I can see a cowboy walking around. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like we, it's like people take these. It's like, oh, you know, like I moved to this small town in the middle of nowhere, and there's this diner with this old lady who runs it, and she ends up letting me borrow an apartment. And like, I'm like, if you try to do that where I'm from, you're gonna get shot. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you are literally gonna get shot. Okay, yeah, right? city. And so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't like living in a small town, which I don't live there anymore, but I think it made me who I was. I loved, you know, the memories that I have there, but I can't, it's too much. We got $1 general and a stoplight or two and (laughs) I can't deal with it. Um, Yeah, I live in a major city, so. Okay, Steve, we get it. We get it. I want to move. We get it. I'm not a city girl. Not a city girl. I'm not either. I hate, I hate city living. I am. I live in Baltimore, so it's like, I'll switch you. I'll switch you, Stevie. I'm like, can I move now? Can can we go somewhere new? (laughs) So without giving too much away, what can fans expect from Strong Enough, which is, speaking of your favorite character, Dirk's story, and also the final book in the series, which is like sad, but also great. (laughs) No, I know. Well, he's actually sitting right here next to me right now. Oh, Um, what can they expect? Um, I hope they can expect what they've gotten from the series. Um, it's a second chance romance, um, which I realized I write a hell of a lot of second chance romances. <laughs> um, I, Dirk really kind of gets brought to his knees with this one. Um, I think they're going to be surprised by the storyline because, um, you know, Casey was in the picture and you have that whole kind of love triangle with Dirk, Casey, and Brock. Um, and uh, and then an old sweetheart comes back, um, Merritt, into his life, and his world is turned upside down. Um, I think you're going to cry. Oh, my God. I, I love books. I'm going to cry. Um, no, you read it. Okay. Yes, I finished it. Because I, I, I have the arc, obviously, for... Looking eyes. <laughs> And it just... I um, don't get those because I'm not a blogger. <laughs> a book. But yes. So I'm super excited to read him. I think I think he might be my favorite character. Mostly just because I love assholes. Like, I love 
douchebags like the ones that I think in this book you want to you want to smack them around I think you want to smack both of them really around because they uh they just they're they're dumb in the the beginning (laughs) you just want to be like and even writing it I'm like what is wrong with you like you can't so but I like that angsty part of it um but it was my favorite book of the series um I think it too because I knew it was the last one I knew I had to kind of wrap it all up um but I just love Dirk um there's one part of the book that will make you cry that um my editors when they uh when she read it, she actually called me on the phone and she was like, how could you do that? Oh my God. Oh my God. Now I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. (laughs) And uh, you can blame, I'll tell you who you can blame when you get to the part is Tina Gephardt because I was going back and forth with her on, on this particular heartache. And she was like, just do it. Just do it. Oh my God. No, I'm scared. She's not lying when she says he will bring you to your knees. If it tells you how like locked and sealed Stevie is, we talk nearly every day and she's not told me. So, (laughs) (laughs) but no, now I'm scared. Y'all are scared. This is one book I will not spoil for anybody. I'm literally like my hands are sweating. I hope, I hope it ends the series out on a good note for the readers who have loved it because it's, it's probably been my most popular series since since wanted and broken to be honest with you I are you sad reading a series i'm i'm really sad i actually usually when i finish a series i'm like time to move on i mean i'm always sad but you yeah. know it's like you kind of get to a point with this book i actually i had tears i was like oh. i don't want it to end i'm i'm most likely 99.9 percent sure blaze is going to get a little book um <laughs> just as a because so many people fell in love with him. He's so such a heart. He's a little heartbreaker. He's so precious. <laughs> Every new girl that came to town, that little boy wanted. <laughs> I know. He's, Let him live he's, his best life. Let him live his best life. Okay. <laughs> he will live his best life, but he's gonna he's gonna have his comments too with all of his little his little skirt chasing. Oh, um, but I'll definitely do a book for him, depending on how my writing schedule goes this year, if I can maybe do a Christmas surprise for, for those readers then. But I was sad. I was sad that it was over. It is my favorite book. Um, I think it's, I think it has a lot of passion in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had great chemistry once they finally got their head out of their asses. Um, I do I think it I think it was probably the best book to end the series on I wanted to choke Merritt many times I know I love her but I also hated her (laughs) I am super stoked to read it but Stevie's gonna take our last question for your book questions okay I'm excited to know the answer to um so what's next for 2021 I know that you have a series that is in the works or a book at least I do have a series. Um, so I am, this series is ending. And so a new series is beginning called Boggy Creek Valley. Oh God, I really, um, where is this based at? Is it in Texas as well? It's not. <laughs> oh my God, can you tell me where it's at? <laughs> it's in uh, a little made up town in New Hampshire called okay. Boggy, Boggy Creek. Um, I kind of wanted to move away from Texas since I've just been doing the Southern Bride series and how well the Meet Me in Montana series was. Um, 
I thought, well, let's just do something different. So I went, we went up there on vacation and I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'm just going to do a little small town here based in this fictional little town. So the first book comes out April 6th mm-hmm. um, called The Butterfly Effect. And this series, um, the first book is already done. Um, I love the title. I know, I know, right? Um, it's another one that's going to pull at your your heartstrings. You're going to need tissue for well, sure. The butterfly effect is like literally like like a okay. Listen, is it like a soulmate's thing? Like because it's like basically what the butterfly effect. Oh my god. It is, and he's a a Navy SEAL who ends up getting hurt, coming back to town, Um, and it does deal with a pretty heavy topic um, with uh, PTSD, because you gotta have something in there. Um, Throw an issue. (laughs) Yeah, so, but it, I loved, I loved, 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 loved writing it um I think I'm gonna I'm writing the second book in a series right now called playing with words mm-hmm. um and she the main character that she owns a bookstore so that's been a lot of fun um this sounds it, so good I'm so excited to read it it's it's really cool and what I love about the series too is my niece is doing all the covers she's drawing hand drawn or she's um watercoloring hand drawing and then doing watercolors on all of the covers that's so epic. Yes, that is neat. Yeah, oh, it's really cool. It. And I had this idea like for this series probably about four years ago. And then all of a sudden, like all the illustrated covers kind of went boom. And I was like, damn it, I had that idea. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so late on the train here with this one. But, um, but it's okay. It's just, it's been a lot of fun. She just showed me the cover for the third book, uh, where the guy owns a Christmas tree farm, and y'all, oh, oh my god, my god. <laughs> calling Hallmark! I'm calling. We literally her. just had last episode. We were talking before um, we had a poll that we were going to put up about illustrated covers. Yeah, because, because I, I feel like there's not enough of them right now. Well, I know, right? I love them. I love illustrated covers, and I was telling Stevie, I was like, I just feel like, so I'm currently working on, so I'm almost finished with the current book in the last one of my series, and then I'm doing a standalone to give my poor brain a break. Right. And it's like, <laughs> it's, the vibe for it, it's like a rock star and a girl with cancer. And so, it the, yes, yeah. <laughs> and so, basically, it's like, the vibe of the book is perfect for an illustrated cover. Like this might be the only one that I'll be able to do. It's yeah. just like, I don't know how people feel about them. And I'm scared to do one, but I want to at the same time. So I was like nervous. I was like, I just need to know how people feel about these illustrated covers. I think like, they like them. I mean, I think I was able to, if I was doing a series based in the South, I don't think I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. um but knowing that it's up in New Hampshire a little bit different vibe for me I was like I'm gonna do it on this one um so the the another the next series that'll be coming out next year is gonna be um based back in Texas small town on the Texas coast oh yeah so that one will be fun Love I'm already like ooh, and then I have another series, which is like so super top secret. Oh my God, you can't say that. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those passion projects. Okay. Um, but I will tell you one little hint. It's okay. going to be 
based in the 1940s. Oh, shit, are we doing a historical romance? So I'm oh, super jazzed. I'm super I jazzed. have not read, okay, uh, I'm going to like snitch on myself. I have not read a historical romance in like a minute, okay? Yes, like it's been a minute. And that is only because I feel like if I am to read them, I'm going to be like, dude, I'm going to write a book based in the Prohibition era, <laughs> and I do not time to be sidetracked like this. And I also commend to anybody that can write historical romance, mostly because, like, history is, like, solid, you know? You cannot change it. You can't really play around with a timeline, especially if you're writing, I don't know, in the middle of the Civil War. Right. So, like, it's, uh, I just couldn't, oh, my God, my brain could never. I would, my head would hurt. So. I've done it once, um, a book I co-wrote called Predestined Hearts. Another author wrote the contemporary part, and I wrote the historical. Mm-hmm. My brain was fried yeah. because it's in historical romance readers can be pretty brutal like if you don't have like I love historical romance it's my favorite genre I mean I've read where they've said things that I'm like that woman happened in 1835 but like whatever it goes over my head but we know how that could be and mm-hmm. um, and I just I loved writing it it was a terribly long process um, just because of, and it was not over in England. There's no way I based it uh, here in the South because I couldn't, I tried looking at their lingo and I was like, oh, hell no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. So doing this new one in the 1940s, I think, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm excited to read it. I'm excited too. I'm super excited. Matter of fact, the photo shoots are happening on the 21st of February. And the, it's about three sisters up here. I'm like, top secret. And I'm like, spilling all the <laughs> it's about three secrets. And I'll say it's very, very, very loosely based on my mom and her sisters. Oh, snap. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Okay. So moving on to writing questions. So she doesn't spoil anything else. Um, <laughs> no, right. <laughs> moving on to writing questions. So your love of storytelling in your bio, you said you like fell in love with writing at 15. So like, what made you want to like be a writer? Like, I guess like what made you at 15 fall in love with like books and writing? I've always loved to read, but it was an English class and we had to read uh, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, read chapter one through five this day and we'll come back and have a, a talk. I read the whole book. Um, <laughs> it just, something about that book. And I remember just thinking, I'm going to be like Jane Austen and I'm going to write books. I'm going to write books. Um, so really it kind of just came from that. I have always loved to write, mm-hmm. um, but never thought it would be something that I would do. Like I, I wanted to be an oceanographer this coming from a person who's scared to death of the ocean (laughs) Uh, in my marine biology class in high school we went down to port aransas and that's when i really discovered yeah i don't like being in the ocean (laughs) and uh my teacher was like i think you better have a a career change then and and so yeah i just kind of from there just decided that was what i was going to want to do i thought i wanted to write children's books and mm-hmm. um, when I got to college, there. I know, right? I took a <laughs> creative writing class and the professor basically told me I sucked and I would never, never make it as a writer. So I should probably start looking somewhere else. And um, oh, I quit, quit college 
got a job working for an orthodontist and did that until I had my daughter. That is a savage of a creative. I would just, just look at you now. Just, just be like, shout out to you, pal. Cause like, look at me now. I, I had a, I had the same experience, except it was a high school English teacher and she hated me for some earthly reason. I didn't know. <laughs> I think it was because I talked too much, but whatever. <laughs> so she hated me and we, I will never forget this for the rest of my life because I think this is like, I've always loved reading, but I think this was the moment that I was like, I am going to do this because she made us, uh, it was like a short story that we had to read. And it was like something about like the princess and the tiger or something like that. And it ends with a cliffhanger and we, her, we, our assignment was we had to finish it right? Like finish this short story and we could write it from whoever's point of view we wanted to. And I was like, I'm going to write it from the point of view of the tiger. <laughs> so That's what I did. And I thought it was creative. I thought it was cool. Like nobody else was going to write it from the POV of a tiger. Right. Right. So I wrote this extensive short story about this tiger and like all he went through and they stole his wife and children. And that's why he's so angry. And I just went like extensively hard at this project. Oh, I love it. And she was like we were all in class and she called my name up and she's like I want you to read your short story in front of everybody like she wanted to embarrass me like that's what she wanted to do right mm -hmm. I read it and she was like wow she was like that was good and I was like ha yeah that's what you get and I'm like that's what you get you 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 are mean to me for no reason so that is when I was like yeah, if somebody that I know hates me, like I know she hates me, likes it, then obviously people who like me might like it. So, <laughs> yeah, but shout out to teachers that were salty with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I could have, I would have cried if somebody looked at me and was like, you suck. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I, I mean, his exact words were, he put a paper down that I wrote and he said, you write in circles. You'll, you'll never make it as a, as a writer. So Oh, for another occupation that is awful okay and here okay. she is it's a bestseller I know like, <laughs> New York Times bestseller I wonder if that creative writing teacher has that anyway she's um, probably long dead <laughs> oh, sorry I don't mean to speak back ill of the dead I apologize <laughs> okay so um do you have a set schedule when you write or are you like a pantser like do you like try to write like 5,000 words to like 250,000 words a day like what do you try to do you know, I, I have a set goal that I try to get to each day, especially if I'm on tight deadlines. But as far as my writing is very much cancer. I mean, I don't, I don't really plan. I get a notebook. I write down little kind of notes, ideas, uh, don't outline anything, just start from very beginning and fly by the seat of my pants. I wish I could do that. I want to organize my thoughts that way. So speaking of like writing and like the schedule, do you have like a weird thing that you do when you write? Like, do you eat Twizzlers like, or only drink blue Kool-Aid, like something weird like that that you do when you write? I did in the beginning. And when I first started writing, I always had to have, I always had to have music going and I had to have a Diet Coke sitting okay. there. And I always had to have something that I could kind of munch on. And um, as I've gone on the process, I, I really don't, I don't have a set um, before I sit down, I usually will just kind of take a couple minutes and kind of get my thoughts where they need to be and then just dive in. I have gotten out of the habit of listening to music when I write. Mm -hmm. Um, 
only because I noticed when I would be writing, I would all of a sudden type in the lyrics to the, the song. <laughs> yeah. And I would, when I would go back and read it, I'd be like, why does that sound so familiar? And then I'd be like, oh, shit. So I kind oh, of, heard, so I make playlists for all my songs and I listen to them in the car or when I'm, you know, doing other stuff. If I'm editing, I'll actually be editing a book and listening to the current book's playlist song. And ideas will kind of pop in my head. I'll jot them down, but not really, not a creature of habit when it comes to writing. Um, just when it, when it hits, it hits. I don't, like, I know some people can only write in the morning, so can only write at night. And um, I just write it. Happens. Right when it, yeah, right <laughs> when I do it. Okay, so uh, last question is about writing. Um, and this is kind of like a popular one because I like to see how everybody handles things. How do you handle negative feedback? <laughs> this is always a very popular question. I know it is. I love listening to like different perspectives. You know, now I don't, I don't read my reviews like I used to in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, if it's constructive criticism, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, the ones that, tear it down for whatever reason I don't I just don't pay attention to them so for whatever reason and um, you know and it's it is what it is it's the it's part of the job it's something that I learned very early on you have to have tough skin and mm-hmm. um, I get a lot of people who will send me emails telling me what I did wrong this book should have been written this way sure. you know, why did you do this uh, you have endless errors in your book and you should have, you, you should really think about hiring an editor. I'm like, well, open up that first title page and you'll see the four editors there that I paid pretty hefty. Um, so it really kind of depends. Like that kind of stuff, I just let it slide off. Um, yeah. Have I got my feelings hurt before? Absolutely. Um, I've never let it get to me to the point where I wanted to walk away. Um, I just won't do that. I'm not going to let somebody have that kind of control. Um, Is it sad though that there are people that are so like vicious to other people when they write that they genuinely are just like, yeah, I I don't want to be this creative mind anymore. Like I don't want to write books. I just think that some people like I I just think that some people forget that there are like human beings writing these books. Like we're not computers or anything like that. Like we got feelings. I know, right? Like. Well, not, there's been plenty of times where I've like wanted to be like, would you like me to come to your job and yeah, like I'm just sure. tear it apart piece yeah. by piece? Let me give you a one star rating. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't read. Uh, I don't read one or two stars. I haven't in probably six years. And um, if I do read reviews, I'll read the three stars because I feel like those are the constructive ones. Yeah. And um, and I, I stay off of Goodreads. Like I don't even, yeah, I don't go there at all. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I've learned from them and I've gotten angry from them and I've flipped off a lot of people in <laughs> <to> my <laughs> computer screen. Um, but yeah, it's, it comes with the job. It's part of the territory. It is what it is. Um, there have been times where it's, yeah, it's definitely like, <laughs> Yeah, or, you know, I, like, <laughs> I try like really hard, like, oh my God. 
I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I actually read a review where a person ripped apart an author because of the hair color being repetitive. Oh, God, yeah. She literally wrote too many blondes, and this girl wanted more brunettes. And I'm like, you you cannot write reviews based on that. And she's a reviewer, and I'm like. That makes me so nervous. Like, I don't know what other hair color want me to do, okay? I know. (laughs) It's kind of, sometimes it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. You know, some people like some stuff. Uh, I will tell you the one thing that I absolutely hate right now is the fact that Amazon lets readers go in and make changes and then they they require us. I don't know if you have to do that yet. And mm-hmm. um, I, in my Cowboys and Angels series, I wrote a book where the girl is Irish. And in the beginning of the book, there's a note that says, she says me instead of my. Yeah. Me mom this person went through the entire book and changed every me to mine. And I spent like an hour going and saying, not, you know, off, you know, whatever the options were for it. Yeah. And it, that is the only thing that I really hate right now, because I feel like you have a lot of, um, I'm trying to think of the, a nice word. A People who maybe want to write a book that are too afraid to write a book. So they come and just kind of tear your book apart thinking. Yeah. Um, and I, every time we get these changes, I have to have the, the files reformatted and half the time they're not even errors. And so that is really, really agitates me. I just wish Amazon would take that feature away. Yeah. Otherwise have at it, review it, you know, put what you think. And I think readers who read reviews can honestly skip over the ones that they can see are just asinine, you know, like the hair color or or in my, in Broken, I have a lot of people that hate the fact that he winks so much. Yeah. Um, Hey, so, okay. It's not your book. Move on. Mm -hmm. But not my reader group. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Stevie's going to handle the reading questions of it since she's the blogger. Okay. Longer half of this. <laughs> Bring it um, on. What is the first book that ever made you cry? The first book that ever made me cry. Um, I don't know. I've been reading since I was so young. Um, the Goosebumps book. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Um you know, I don't know. I remember reading a book called Dark Water Rising, um, and it was a YA book. And I remember kind of, and I don't even know why I cried so hard with that one, but it was about the 1900 uh, hurricane that hit Galveston. Mm-hmm. And I think just the way she describes the destruction, I just can remember sitting there like, like that was, that was kind of a book that I had the, you know, when you, you cry and you're like, <laughs> you can't like catch your, yeah, that's me. I do know that was like, if that was the first book that ever made me cry, I doubt it. But that's definitely one that I remembered that I ugly cried in. That's me. Um, what is your most underappreciated book? Mine that I wrote or one that I've read? One that I've read. You know, I've read so many amazing authors that just aren't out there and, you know, as far as popularity. And then I think why they're so incredibly good. I can't think of anything off the top of my head unless I say the Bible. 
Okay, hey, next we'll question. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. The Bible works. <laughs> um, who are your some of your favorite authors to read? Oh, Lordy Lord. Um, Molly Harper. I love Molly Harper. Uh, Jennifer Propes, Tina Gephardt. Um, I love A.L. Jackson. Um, Sally Thorne. Uh, Tracy Garvis Gray. I love Ellie. Abby Lines. Um, she doesn't love a good Abby Lines book. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, um, God, well, Molly McAdams. She'd kill me if I. <laughs> I do love Molly. Actually, before Molly and I became really good friends, I read I read Taking Chances, and I I was like, I'm gonna punch this woman the first time I ever meet her. <laughs> um, gosh, a lot. I love Frank Peretti. He's a he's a he's actually a fiction Christian writer, but I, he kind of does a suspense type. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him. I don't know. I feel like I kind of tons of historical authors. I kind of feel like I'm eclectic when it comes to books but yeah listen I like all of those I love I love Ella Jackson I love her I literally she's like poetry like reading her books you're like reading poetry it's like how do you do this I I, I used to I'm a we I've talked about this book a lot lately it's um Essie Stevens yes I'm a huge diehard fan of thoughtless like it is it's scary how many times I've read that book. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, right? My favorite author is Stephen King. Always. <laughs> always. It's never going to change. Ever. Ever. I think he will always and forever be. Like, I love that your face is like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like not expecting you to say Stephen King. Like, no, I know. I know. I get that a lot. So I'm like thinking to myself like, wait, the Stephen King? Like the. The yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, the like creepy uh, macro. Yeah, that's Stephen King. Oh, um, see, I can't read. Ooh, I love nightmares. it. Oh my god, no! Like horror, anything is my literal dream. Oh. I think it. I think it just like rep. I don't know. I think it represents my personality. I feel like I'm split into two clean halves of like balancing of like yin and yang within myself. Um, is that <laughs> I write romance because I love a love story. Like I love love right but I like contemporary like, romance but I love contemporary romance but I love reading like anything dark and scary like oh my gosh I love watching scary movies like my husband nope, nope. Such a, yeah he's just <laughs> like you my husband's so like just like you right and he'll come home from work and I'll be like chilling on the couch and I'm, I'm watching a new like indie horror movie that got recommended to me or whatever. And I love <laughs> indie horror movies. And I'm just on the couch chilling in the dark by myself. Just Oh no, no. And he walks in and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm watching a scary movie. And he's like, I'm like, you want to watch it with me? And he's like, no, you psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. But yeah, people message me all the time and they're like, Oh, like what books do you recommend? Like, what are your favorite books? And I'm like, not what you're looking for. I guarantee, <laughs> it. I guarantee it, not what you are looking for. Cause my favorite book is Misery. So, oh gosh, no, it's, it's the best one. Oh my God. It's so, I mean, I don't want to say it's the best one. Like I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. If you can't take like reading the whole books or whatever, you should read his short stories and they're they're scary but like the writing is immaculate yeah oh he's an amazing writer but no i mean i'm surprised you like misery too with the fact that it's a 
it's an yeah. author <laughs> but it's such a, it's such a good book i think the characters are so well defined. Uh, yeah, dude, she cuts his leg off. Like, she's just, I love it. Mm-hmm. Annie Willis is uh, iconic. But <laughs> I think that his short stories, I recommend his short stories before I recommend any of his books to, like, new people or people that don't really read horror and stuff like that. Because I think it would surprise you how really good and, like, thoughtful his short stories are. And then some of them are not even scary. Some of them are kind of emotional. Like, they're really good. So I recommend his short stories, like, he has collections of them all kinds and I recommend those because when I first started reading him this is actually super embarrassing I don't even care when I first started reading him I bought so he was first published in Playboy like Playboy would publish like stories like short stories of his right so he'd publish in like Playboy he had like other magazines he would publish in and I have collections of Playboy magazines that he had (laughs) and not because I read like Playboy but because I love Stephen King and yeah, I have like all his books, every single one of them. And yeah, so I have these Playboy magazines because I know one day they're going to be worth money because they've got his stories in them and you can't buy them anymore. So whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you call when she needs book recommendations. And whatever floats your boat. My dad is like, why do you have Playboys? And I'm like, because it's got a short story in it that I enjoy. And he's like, I bet it does. And I'm like, dad, no, that's not it. That's not it. I promise. Uh, so yeah. People make fun of me about it all the time. I don't even care. It's fine. I, I mean, love it. <laughs> so moving on to trope questions from my embarrassing stories. Oh my God. People are going to give me so much heck for this. Anyways. So your tropes, tropes are like our thing on the show. It's like our favorite thing to talk about. Okay. What is your favorite trope to write and to read and why? Oh gosh. Well, obviously I like second chance and small town romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think it's because it's, well, I don't really have experience with second chance romance, but just living in small town, small town, Texas, I just like, I don't know, I like the idea of that just kind of um, just closeness of families and friends. And in a lot of my books, the family core is like really important and really strong to support the character. So I think that's why why I write so many second chance, I have no idea. I did an, an interview a while back and somebody said I was the queen of second chance romance. And I was like, oh shit, I should probably start writing <laughs> some other stuff besides <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, those two are really kind of like, just, I love single dad. Um, oh yeah. Single mom. I've done a single mom. And um, I love the surprise pregnancy and I love reading them. Stevie. Oh, this is Stevie. This is Stevie's jam. This is right. Oh up man. Out. I just, and I get, I get dinged in reviews because they're like, oh my God, she had another surprise pregnancy. I'm like, I don't even care. I love <laughs> them. Like if you don't like them, then don't, don't read. But I love, I don't know why I love the surprise pregnancy aspect. Now, did you see that there's going to be a uh, surprise pregnancy anthology? Really? Oh, shit. Uh, Nikki Ash is doing an anthology with so many good authors. Kaylee Ryan, Lacey Black, all of them, the queens of um, Secret Babies and Surprise Babies. They're doing an anthology in June called Knocked Up. It comes out June 14th. I love Kaylee Ryan. She's precious. She so, is, she is my, she is something else. To she's me. another amazing her. author. I love her too. 
Her so and Lacey Black are hilarious together. You know, I've never read anything that they've co-written together. I need to justify you need to that. read Fair Lakes. Fair That's Lakes, the Fair Lakes series is the one they've done together. And they're getting ready to release another project together, I think in April. Okay. Um, they're just too funny together. They're right. They're it's like two super writers coming together and <laughs> making these really good stories. So the family aspect of it, you were talking about how like a really strong like core family. Is that something that you have personally? Is that like why you've done that? I think so. I mean, I grew up. I've got. Um, I have. <laughs> okay. I have seven brothers or sisters, but really, I have eight. Me too. Not we found a long lost sister that my mom gave up for adoption that none of us knew about. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a, in a big family, um, and, you know, we're all still really close. And so that, that I think really plays into the fact that it's important for me too. Plus, I think if my mom was here, she'd be like strong families, gotta have those strong families in there. Um, so I definitely know that's, uh, that's really one of the main reasons, uh, that I like to have that core of that family or even if it's not a family and a really good core group of friends that kind of just yeah. support each other. I love a good that's, family. That's super funny, Stevie. I think this is the first author that writes small town romance with like core big families that actually has a big family. Yeah. That's true. Cause we do ask that a lot. Yeah. And a lot, a lot. Like, no, it's like, just me. I'm a, I'm a single, I'm like an only child and I really wanted a big family. And I'm like, wait till you got an older brother, like pulling your hair and shit. Oh, like, I was I the am, youngest too. I was the youngest. I'm the oldest of six, so I'm the oldest of three, yeah. and then I'm the oldest of seven of no nineteen grandkids. Yeah, wow. I got my grandfather. My grandparents got twenty five. Okay, Stevie, twenty five <laughs> grandchildren. There's nineteen grandkids, oh. and then there's seventeen great grandkids. Oh my I gosh! Got, I got big family. Big. It's fine. Whatever. Okay. Next trope question, Stevie. <laughs> um. <laughs> What's one trope you would love to write but haven't written yet? Uh, it's funny because of feeling what you're time of year, but probably political romance. I haven't done that yet. That would be kind of fun. Political I'm, romance as in like writing a senator falling in love with somebody or something yeah, like that? That or even like, Secret you know, baby senator. Oh my God. Oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> She comes showing up with that baby, knocks on his office. He's Guess what, Senator so and so? He can't have a scandal right now. <laughs> Y'all, I think we're plotting a book. For real? No, I'm. The next I project. Ever, I don't think I've ever read a political romance before. Honestly, you know, I, I've read, I have either. I've read one, and I can't think of who it was, but it was so good. God, it was such a good book that ever since I read it. Like her dad was like a senator and he was like a wounded vet. Um, but it was so good. And I thought, oh man, I would love to do a political romance, but I've just never, but if I had to pick that, that would be one. I think that would, one would be kind of fun. I've never not, no, probably. I don't know. Like there's, I've never even, I don't, I don't know. Recommend some to me. If you're listening, I'll read them. I'll read anything. Right. I wish <laughs> I could remember the one. It was so good. And I, I think it was kind of a second chance romance too, but it was good. It was really good. And it, it wasn't too politic, politically, Yeah, that's a word, um, which I think made it 
made it good. It had like just enough in there that you were like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. This is different, but it wasn't, it wasn't like anything over the top. You know what? I did read one. It was the Senator's daughter had a baby, but she had to marry the guy's best friend and could not tell the father of the child. Oh, snap. He was signed. He was professionally professionally to a London soccer team. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to find out what the name of this book is. I'm pretty sure it's on my Amazon list, but that was a. That that sounds good. And the little girl had cancer. So that's what (gasps) led to her calling. Let's just like throw all of these in there. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. The little girl's name was Remy. I love how you know everything about this book except the title. (laughs) I know. I remember re- reading it and it was funny because she married the guy's best friend oh that sounds just good a, it was a marriage out of convenience and it, it was what looked good and he was an ESP, ESPN reporter <gasps> okay, um, well. well when you remember the title yes I, I know I have it saved on one of my Amazon lists because of it being a secret baby okay <laughs> I'll have to find, find it because it was a really good book and they even did a second one for the expert everything about it except for the name of it is I love this okay so what is one trope you'll never write and why oh easy paranormal dang why does everybody say that Jennifer I um I don't know how to say her last name I don't well, one, I don't like to read it, so that would that would be one reason. Um, Something very magical about. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I have that good of an imagination to Me either. Listen, there's something very magical about a girl dating a boy and then the boy dies and he comes back as a ghost. Okay, there's something very magical <laughs> like in that. Ghost. Listen, there's something very magical in that story, and I mean, they never end happily. I mean, I mean, some of them do probably, but. The ones that I have read never have a happy ever after because the ghost realizes that she has to move on or they have to move on. And so, I, but I love them. They make me cry. Like, I don't know. There is something very heartfelt and magical about that. I guess it's just because I believe in like spirits and shit like that. And if my husband never dies and he doesn't come haunt me, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) I'm going to be so mad at him. I'm going to be mad. But no, so... I don't know. Everybody says it though. Everybody's like, oh, probably not paranormal romance. And I'm like, I don't want to write it either, but I want to read them. <laughs> I maybe have read a couple. Um, and I think they were like, I don't even, well, I can't even remember them. So I guess they didn't make an impression on me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just not it's not my jam. So I think, I think, I think for me, cool. just what I'd like, what I know is what I need to stick with. I think it's just because some people, it's just too far to like grasp, like for people to relate to. Right. So yeah. that's probably what it is. But me, I'm like, I guess it's because I read horror stories and stuff. I'm like, it's realistic. I, it's realistic. <laughs> you can believe it. It's like, I believe it. I feel it in my soul. I, I read this whole it. series that I recommend to everybody. It's called the Evermore series. And it's about exactly what I said about a boy who, and this girl, they met in high school, they got married, he died. And then he came back and yeah. And yes. And it was super cute. And he like tried to possess other people's bodies to be with her. <gasps> and it's it just, yeah. Yeah. So well, it's that's, kind of cool. Right. Right. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I kind of feel bad for the people he's possessing, but 
does she know that it's him so basically what happens is is she like each person that he like goes into the body of or whatever she has he has to like prove that like hey this is me like the first time it happens he like it's really hard because she's like you are effed up like why are you doing this to me like my boyfriend died and you are screwing me up and he's like I am your boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) trying to like help her you know whatever and so when she believes it and she finally gets a hold of it and he has like a time limit for how long he's allowed to possess certain bodies and then he moves on to the next one but like each time he does it's like the end of a book and he's like you know I'll find you I'll always find a way back to you because like it's forevermore and I'm like oh god me dead <laughs> killed across the floor slayed okay it's so good I recommend everybody yeah I may have to look up that one and read it because that sounds cute it is cute sorry for the people who are possessed but you know whatever <laughs> I'll get over it fine it's fine you'll recover all right Stevie take if the last if you were in a book which trope would you want for your story oh for mine yes I love how all the secret baby people are like, not secret baby. No, no, I don't want another kid. Oh, you know what I would want to do? I think time travel. Oh, like the time traveler's wife? Yeah. That movie? Oh God, that movie wrecked me. Yeah, right? Wrecked me. Yeah, because I'm always like, oh, I wonder what life was like back here. I wonder what it was like that. Yep, I think it would be time travel. Do you want to be the time traveler or you want to fall in love with the time traveler? Ooh, I want to fall in love with the time traveler. Sure, I couldn't do oh, it. Oh, no, but then I couldn't travel. No, I take it back. Yeah. I want to be the time traveler. Yeah, that's, but see, have you, you do watch Doctor Who? No, I've never seen it. Well, Doctor Who is literally time travel, and it's about a doctor who time travels. And there's this one episode that literally makes me cry every single time I watch it. It's about, so this guy, the doctor, Doctor Who, time travels, and he goes and grabs Van Gogh and then pulls him to now. And you know how, like, Van Gogh never got to see, like, his art. Like, he, he killed himself before his right. art blew up, right? So he takes him to now, and he shows him this museum that's dedicated to him. And he asks this man, he's like, oh, who was Van Gogh? And Van Gogh listens to this guy praise and worship his painting Aww. and his work and his art. And he's crying. And I'm like, bro, what are you, why are you doing this to me? I don't understand. And then at the end of the episode, Van Gogh still ends up killing himself because even though... Yeah, because even though, like, he had all this praise and worship, it still didn't fix his depression. Yeah. So I was like, bro, this episode got deep. (laughs) So I recommend Doctor Who. It's time travel. Doctor Who. All right, I'll have to take a look at that. That is our last question of the evening, of the day, afternoon, whatever. (laughs) It has been super fun talking to you. It is. Yeah, y'all too. Super fun. Is there, I leave this, we leave this part open for authors to say if they want to say something about a book or anything of that nature but yeah so if you want to say an exit like sentence or something <laughs> <laughs> shoot I'm terrible at self-promoting myself um I I don't know thanks for I've got awesome books <laughs> check me out like if you like yes you all on Instagram, Facebook all of that jazz Yep, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'm thinking of deleting my Twitter account, but yeah, I got a reader group um, called Kelly's Crew, K-R-E-W. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun, so yeah. Oh, and I found it. It's called Trading Yesterday. Nice. Trading? Wait, who wrote it? Um, Kay- Kaylin? Kaylin? K-A-H-L-E-N Ames. 
Kayla Names. Yes. That's who wrote that book. Wait, I read that book. I love that book. Yes, it is. Um, oh, what it was the the girl's name. That book was something. I randomly came across this book this year, like a couple months ago. Tegan, it's Tegan and Chase, I believe. Yeah, you should read Kaylin's um, Remember Me series. Um, Remembrance series. That's what it is. Oh. They are so good. She loses her memory in the first book. Oh no. That oh jack me up. It it is okay. good. The remembrance by uh Kaylin Ames. Yep. But thank you so much for joining us. We've had a fantastic time. Thanks Enjoy for having me.